All right, today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 9. This is Matthew survey class 9. Matthew chapter 9 verse number 1. And as always, we'll give you the little summary of what this is about. This is a reading of the book of Matthew with very minimal comment. There will be some comments along the way, but this is basically just to familiarize you with the scripture itself. And so there'll be very minor and very basic comments along the way. Mainly just the scripture. Chapter 9 and verse 1. And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on the bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. Now the glorifying of God is the exact correct response. And that is the response that Jesus was trying to get, that men would glorify God. Men should see the works of Jesus and glorify God. Men should see your good works and glorify God and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now this is a great passage of scripture. Jesus told the man, son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And then the scribe says, well, this man blasphemeth. And Jesus says, which is easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and walk? But here's the point, he says, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. This is, what I, this is exactly what I want you to see. I'm glad you brought it up. I want you to see that I myself have the power to forgive sins. And he says, arise. He didn't say again, thy sins be forgiven thee. He says that you may know that I have power to forgive sins. This is what I'm going to say now. Arise, take up your bed and walk. And the man arose and took up his bed and walked. Just as God said in Genesis 1, let there be light and there was light. And he said, let there be uh, a ferment to divide, to divide the light from, or excuse me, the waters from the waters. And it was so. And that phrase shows up again in the book of Genesis chapter 1. And it was so. Whatever God said, the Bible says it was so. And so Jesus says, Thy sins be forgiven thee. And just to let you know that that is right and correct and that I have power to forgive sins, arise and take up your bed and walk. Now, the point of the whole thing is this. Uh, basically and simply is that the forgiving power of Jesus, the power to forgive sins, has a re- restorative coincidence or it has, excuse me, a restorative consequence not say coincidence it's no coincidence that a man who is forgiven of his sins also has power to do things that he didn't have power to do before this man was sick of the palsy and when God forgave him his sins he had power to live a different life he had power uh, to live a different life physically than he did before and so that's a great truth we are strapped with the physical defects of sin but when God forgives us of our sins we do have the ability to do more and better 
than we did before. The forgiveness of sins takes a lot of the restraints of this world off of not only the our spiritual selves, but our physical selves as well. And Jesus passed forth from thence. He saw a man named uh, named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom and said unto him, follow, uh, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house. Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? So Jesus is making everybody mad in this chapter. The scribes, now the Pharisees. When the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast off, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. No man putteth a piece of new cloth into an old garment, for that which is put in to fill, up, fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break. And the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Here also is a great truth, verse 16 and 17. No man putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment. The new creature of First, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It's, we should be, as Christians, we should be all new. We should be new in our mindset. We should be new in our walk. We should be new in our appearance. Uh, all things should be made new. The Bible says old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So the Christian life is a, it's not putting a, a, a new patch on an old garment. It's giving you a complete set of new garments. It's giving you a, it's not putting a, a clean patch on a worn out body. It's giving you a new body. It's giving you a new mindset. It's giving you a new outlook. It's replacing religion with true religion and undefiled and so what you're talking about here in verse 16 and 17 is that very same thing neither do men put new wine into old bottles else the bottles break uh, the holy spirit is put into a vessel that you're supposed to be declare as being dead reckon yourselves indeed to be dead unto sin so you're to when you're saved, you're to reckon your body to be dead, but alive. He said, uh, he said, I'm dead, but nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So you've got a new body. And of course, that body can reach out. My new body is connected to everyone else's body. We are members in particular of the same body so that I'm not my own. I'm bought with the price. I don't live to myself. I don't die to myself. Christianity was not a patch that I put on me to help me, to increase me, to improve me. Christianity made me a new creature and put me into a new body that's all new and totally new. And the, the old man that I was is dead. I'm to reckon that to be true every morning. 
and reckon myself to be alive indeed unto Christ. It's a new life. It's completely new and totally new. And so that's a great meaning and a great a great uh, analogy that's put there into verse 16 and 17 that's beneficial to everybody that knows Christ. All of us. Not just preachers or those who have a job to do in the public eye. As a Christian, we're to be new creatures in Christ Jesus. Verse 18, while he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. Now there's great faith right there. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood, twelve years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall behold another great example of faith but jesus turned him about and when he saw her he said daughter be of good comfort thy faith hath made thee whole and the woman was made whole from that hour and you could certainly say with a great amount of accuracy that getting to jesus made her whole and touching the hem of his garment made her whole and that jesus himself was the power that made her whole you could certainly say that with all accuracy but you couldn't argue with jesus Jesus said that her faith made her whole. Just as Jesus was dealing with the men in verse 1 and 2, he said that they brought to him a man sick of the palsy lying on the bed, and Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. So faith is a great instrument. I said a couple weeks ago in the church service that we were having, I said that uh, that faith is a superpower. Everybody's interested in these false gods, uh, Superman and Batman and all these other uh, invented creatures that you watch on television. People are very interested in superpowers, and faith is a superpower. It is really a superhuman attribute to have faith in God and to believe that whatever he says will be so, and whatever he has said is so, to believe that is a great and effective instrument to God. Jesus looks at it as something that's to be cherished and to be coveted after. Uh, the, God himself tells us to covet earnestly the best gift. You may not like me to use the word covet and God at the same time, but uh, I believe the Lord looks very fondly uh, not only at faith and loves faith, but God, I believe, more than any of that is looking for a man that will have faith or a woman that will have faith in who he is and and what he says and what he can do. For she said within herself, verse 21, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. And that is a great mindset. If I could just get a hold of Jesus and if I could just get Jesus to say the word, then Jesus could do all these things. And that's absolutely true. If I could get if I could get to him, if I could get his ear, if I could get him to listen to me, he could certainly do whatever I ask him to do. He could fulfill all my petitions, and he certainly could. But when she did get to him and she did lay her hand on the garment, Jesus turned around to her and said, It's your faith that made you whole. And so, but Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. If a person could get to the place where they had faith and they were certain that if they could get, get to Jesus, that whatever situation, whether it be their own or the situation of someone that they loved, that that situation would be made whole, that, that absolute certainty that it would be so. Uh, the Lord's looking for that, and the Lord wants that, and the Lord sees that, and that it's, it's of great effect 
When God sees it, he will respond to it. When God sees it, he will respond to it. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. And, uh, excuse me, but when the people were put forth, he went in, the scoffers he puts out. The faithful he'll go home with. The faithful he'll fulfill all their petitions. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose, and the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. When we was, he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. And be probably be better on the Lord uh, as far as his will is concerned if he would tell us not to witness tell us not to preach tell us not to do some things because every time he tells somebody in the gospels not to do something they go and do it but at any rate they when they were departed spread abroad his fame in all that country as they went out behold they brought to him a dumb man possessed with the devil and when the devil was cast out the dumb spake and the multitudes marveled saying it was never so seen in israel but the Pharisees said he casteth out devils through the prince of the devils. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. We'll pick up in verse 10 or chapter 10 next time.